Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Thursday, May 13th. I'm Nyla Boudou. Here's what you need to know today. The messy transition to a new normal. Plus, rising support for partisan brands. But first, today's one big thing. Escalating violence in Israel and Gaza. Intercommunal violence between Israelis and Palestinians is at its worst levels in more than 20 years. Exodus's world editor Dave Lawler is here with what you need to know. Hi, Dave. Hi, Nyla. Dave, people might be hearing about the rocket attacks and the airstrikes, but we're also seeing violence between Arab and Jewish citizens in Israel, actually the worst since the early 2000s. What's happening there? So this all goes back to Monday earlier in the week when you had these ongoing protests in Jerusalem over the planned eviction of Palestinian families from a neighborhood in East Jerusalem. You also that day had a planned march of Israeli nationalists through Jerusalem celebrating the anniversary of Israeli control over all of Jerusalem. So uh, people were expecting tensions, potentially violence on Monday. And out of that, you had this scene of police raiding the Al-Aqsa Mosque compound or Temple Mount. This is a holy site for both Muslims and Jews. And so that was a scene that was shared widely around Israel, particularly among Arab citizens of Israel. And starting that night on Monday is when we had the first reports of rioting around Israel. And as you mentioned, we've seen exchanges of fire between the Israeli military and Hamas several times. But really, for the last two decades, we haven't seen this level of intercommunal violence in Israel. So it's a very worrying new aspect almost of this crisis. And then there is, of course, the military action by the Israeli government. What is the Israeli government saying about that? So the Israeli government says they're continuing uh, to act in self-defense, they say, against these strikes from Hamas. There was a vote in the Israeli security cabinet not to seek a ceasefire at the current time and to continue this campaign against Hamas. Uh, There were some quotes out of there about trying to restore deterrence for the longer term. On the other side of the equation, you you still have rocket attacks coming in from Hamas. And so at the moment, the military dimension is still on this path of escalation that we've seen since Monday. The U.S. did send an envoy yesterday to the region. Can the U.S. really do anything when it comes to de-escalation here? You had a relatively slow initial response from the U.S. Now, as you mentioned, there is a senior State Department official in the region trying to seek de-escalation. But you're also getting statements out of the White House, including from President Biden, who called Prime Minister Netanyahu, saying that Israel has the right to defend itself. So they're not calling for an immediate uh, cessation of violence either at the moment. But certainly people in the region are looking to the international community to start to apply some pressure to bring this to an end sooner rather than later. Dave Lawler is Axios' world editor. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Nala. In 15 seconds, easing into pre-pandemic norms. Hi, Nyla. I actually work at Starbucks, and we have to play the role of mask police every day at work. And now that I'm starting to meet up with friends, it's weird seeing their faces. I'm repulsed by that. Like, how weird is that? It's so hard to handle being close to people again. Uh, One of my coworkers had a bad day, and I was able to give them a hug, and it felt kind of scary. Thankfully, hugging strangers and shaking their hands is over. Thank God. Social interactions take a lot of energy. 
my family went out for lunch about a week ago. We were very tired at the end of that. And I think it's going to take a while to build up that stamina again. I worry that people will stop being understanding of boundaries and levels of risk tolerance. So for example, even though I am fully vaccinated, I don't feel comfortable going to restaurants indoors yet. I was at work with some of my coworkers and we kind of hesitated and it was awkward, but we took our masks off and some of us started hugging each other. Some of us teared up, including me. We've all been waiting for this moment. So it's a little strange that it's also bringing up so many feelings and anxieties. Thank you to everyone who shared yours with us. We have Dr. Jessica Stern with us now to talk about managing all of this. She's a clinical psychologist and clinical assistant professor of psychiatry at NYU Langan Health. Dr. Stern, thank you for being with us. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. It sounds like people are grappling with how to relate to others again, whether it's a Starbucks worker or in an office or socially. How can we do a good job managing all of this right now? I think what can be very helpful for people to do is to look at the various different aspects of their life, the different domains, workplace, home life, recreation, things like this, and take inventory of where they are and where they want to be in terms of reintegrating back post-COVID, and also to respect that different domains of your life might require different paces, and that's totally okay, and to reduce any pressure you might feel to have to bring everything up to speed or change everything at once. What about folks who are feeling anxiety because they don't want things to go back to normal, like the woman who said she doesn't want to have to hug strangers anymore? Well, I think for a lot of people, this past year has actually brought a lot of blessings or has allowed us to see what worked well for people in terms of establishing boundaries. And I think what can be really helpful is to figure out what types of things we want to take back with us as we reenter, because we don't have to necessarily go back to the normal that was before COVID if something's worked well for us throughout COVID. This pandemic has caused a deepening mental health crisis, not just in this country, but the world. Are you optimistic for the future? I am optimistic. I'm definitely optimistic. I think one of the things that has been sort of a hidden blessing throughout all of this is that COVID has allowed a vehicle, for better or for worse, for mental health stigma to be significantly reduced. And so a lot of people are starting to feel more comfortable talking about their mental health. What I would say is that it might take some time. It's not going to be something that's going to happen overnight. But I'm definitely hopeful that we individually and as a society at large will be able to get to a place that feels comfortable again. Well, thank you for taking time to speak with us, Dr. Jessica Stern. Thanks so much for having me. A new Axios-Harris poll suggests that Americans are loyal to companies with strong political positions. The poll is our annual survey that gauges the reputation of the most visible brands in the country. Who are they? Well, Axios' Sam Baker is here to tell us who they are this year. Hey, Sam. Hey, Nyla. What's your big takeaway from this poll? Well, one interesting thing is it seems like companies with pretty strong politics, companies that, you know, everybody knows where they stand and the partisan divide, did pretty well. Patagonia is the most respected company in the country, obviously uh, a a company that's been pretty far out there in its opposition to then-President Trump. But it's not just liberal companies. We saw Chick-fil-A, known to be a pretty conservative company, 
move up several spots over last year. Hobby Lobby fared pretty well. People just gravitate to companies that share their politics. And did the pandemic affect these rankings as well? So when we did this last year, around the same time, right, Clorox was the number one company in the country. Zoom was way up there. Instacart, DoorDash, these companies that were helping us navigate the pandemic. Now they are all off the list. But Moderna is now at number three. Pfizer is number seven. So we're done with the companies that helped us get through this. We love the companies that are helping us end this. And I just feel like that's such a fascinating little microcosm of this experience. Axios is Sam Baker. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Nyla. That's it for us today. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcasts at axios.com or reach out to me directly on Twitter. And as always, our afternoon podcast, Axios Recap, has more news for you later today. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.